Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered. I'm your co-host, Ed Kratz, and uh, my pleasure today to be joined by Tim Ham, who is the one of the Cowboys beat writers for SI.com. Uh, welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's great to great to talk some some NFL, NFC East with you and the Cowboys. Uh, before we get into you know some of the more specific Cowboys stuff, I, I, I just was looking at uh, you know preparing for this, and I, it seems like the Eagles and Cowboys have made probably more trades between each other than any other team in the NFC East, which is you know kind of interesting. And of course, the big one they made this past spring was to uh, trade up with Dallas to get the number 10 overall pick. And they took Devonte Smith. Right. Uh, and then with the Eagles pick after they traded it to Dallas, they took Micah Parsons. Uh, what, what's your take on that deal? How do you like both those players? How do you think they fit for each of the teams? Well, you know, I think they both fit really, really well, Ed. Uh, clearly the Eagles needed a wide receiver. Uh, Smith may be the best receiver coming out of the draft. Uh, some said that uh, Cowboys, clearly needed help on defense and they got maybe the best defensive player in the draft. I know Cowboys fans had their hopes set on a cornerback uh, with, with certain be, you know, not being there uh, horn being gone in the first in eight and nine consecutively there, right before the Cowboys picked the 10. I think the trade was good for both teams. Dallas ended up getting an extra third round pick out of it. And uh, you know, again, need help on defense. They drafted eight out of 11 players on defense in the draft. So I think both teams probably improved their rosters dramatically. Yeah, I know the Eagles were pretty high on both those corners you mentioned, Sertain and uh, and Horn. Uh, and it kind of surprised picks there with Denver and Carolina going cornerback at those spots. But um, certainly Devontae Smith is a lot more exciting for the Eagles fan base than a cornerback would be. Uh, yeah, and Micah Parsons was a beast at Penn State, a uh, local kid sort of from Harrisburg. So, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of fans, I think, in this area for sure. Uh, and then you mentioned the Cowboys went all defense. Uh, that's kind of, I guess, the big question with them, right? Is that defense? And, you know, I liked some of the guys they picked, you know, in the time leading up to the draft and studying these players. I like that D tackle from UCLA. I'll let you pronounce his name. Um. <laughs> uh, Osa OD. I got a reference up here. Yeah. Odi Azua. Excellent. Odi Azua. Yeah. Odi Azua. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then they took Chauncey Golston, I think is his name from Iowa yep. and yep. Uh, did some good work at cornerback too. Um, really had to address the cornerback position. How do you, how do you think they did in the draft? How would you grade it? I know I, I'm not a big grade guy until right. you've seen these guys play, but what, what did you think? They would, how do you, how did you like their draft? 
Well, I'll, I'll be the first to admit when they announced Micah Parsons name, I sort of knee jerked and I was, I was just so disappointed uh, that we didn't get one of the corners because literally everybody in Dallas had their heart set on one of the corners. Uh, then you had Rashawn Slater still on the board, uh, the best offensive lineman in the draft and the Cowboys needed some help. We've, they're, they're getting a little old on the offensive line. I thought for sure Slater was going to be that pick. And I think I just had my hopes set so high to hear Rashawn Slater's name. They denounced Micah Parsons, and I was just like, what? Uh, which is odd because on my personal grading system, I had Parsons and uh, Kyle Pitts, the top two players that weren't quarterbacks, and I should have been ecstatic. And, of course, looking back, I'm very happy with the pick. Uh, the Cowboys weren't just bad on defense in 2020. They were historically bad, and they needed to do something. The two starting linebackers, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch, appeared to be lost at times, not knowing what their assignments were. If you watch game film, they, they look like they've never played the position before. And a lot of that probably had to do with Mike Nolan's scheme or lack thereof. But that's been corrected. Mike Nolan's gone. Mike McCarthy brought in Dan Quinn to help shore some of that defensive scheme up, and, and hopefully they'll be more comfortable. Uh, but, you know, the linebacker core was certainly an area that the Cowboys needed help. And with Jabril Cox out of LSU in the third round and Micah Parsons there, their, their number one pick, I think, I think it's going to be a vastly improved position group. Yeah, let's face it, Tim. You and I both know that offensive linemen just aren't sexy draft picks. You know, no. fan bases are like, what, an offensive lineman? Come on. But it's yeah. a huge need, especially in today's NFL. Um, I mean, even here in Philadelphia, when the Eagles took Landon Dickerson, now, you know, second round, I mean, he's had the injury history for sure. And that's kind of a really big concern. Um, but, you know, it was like, well, why couldn't they take a cornerback? You know, why, why a big need there and they wait till the fourth round to get one. So, right. um, but I, I just want to ask you on the offensive side of the football with Dallas, we'll start with, since I asked you about the trades between the two teams here in the division last year, they made a deal. The Eagles traded back. And I think it was the fourth round uh, with Dallas and they ended up Dallas ended up taking who I guess they hope is their center of the future from Wisconsin, Tyler Biotis. Yep. Uh, what, what have you seen? What, how was he as a rookie and um, how do you expect him to be going forward? Do you think he is the center of the, of, of the future for this team? You know, it's, it's interesting. We, we had uh, before they, they drafted Biotish out of Wisconsin, we drafted a guy named Travis Frederick out of Wisconsin, who was a starter immediately coming in and, you know, pro bowl player uh, retired early. Uh, he had some illness, had some injuries, decided his future quality of life was more important than his football career. And rightfully so. But so we're kind of spoiled with centers coming out of Wisconsin. So Tyler Beatish has some big shoes to fill. And as a rookie last year, he, he did really well. I thought he played really well for a rookie, maybe not on the uh, Travis Frederick uh, level, but I think he's getting there. I think he's going to be fine. And I do think that he is the center of the future for Dallas. And he's got some help on that offensive line with some future Hall of Famers, for, certainly some future Ring of Honor members here in uh, Cowboy Stadium with Tyron Smith, Zach Martin. Uh, Leo Collins is here. He's healthy. You can miss all of last season. But uh, the center position, I think we've got our guy for the next uh, few years for sure. There's a lot of debate over whose offensive line is better. At least I know that here in Philadelphia. Is it the Dallas line with those guys you just mentioned, or is it the Eagles with, you know, some guys with a little bit of age on them now with Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks coming back from injuries. And of course, Jason Kelsey, he'll, he's made 105 straight starts. But, um, you know, when you look at both lines, the, both lines are very good, I would guess. It's hard to give an edge to one or the other, I would guess, unless you think you can. Well, I think it all comes down to health. 
yeah. be quite honest. You know, the Cowboys have have suffered with health on health issues on the offensive line. Uh, out of Collins, Smith, and Martin, they missed a combined 36 games last season um, for the Cowboys. And hopefully that that's all fixed. They say they're healthy. Uh, Tyron Smith says he's the healthiest and the strongest he's ever been. And, of course, he's been suffering the last probably three or four years with, with neck and back issues, and that supposedly got fixed with the surgery that he had in the offseason. But really for both teams, I think it comes down to health. Of course, here in Dallas, people are going to tell you the Cowboys have the best offensive line in the East. And up there in Philly, they're going to say Philly's got the best offensive line in the East. But I think it's very, very close, and it just I think it just comes down to health. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, you know, and, of course, the Eagles had their issues up front all season last year as well. So um, that's probably why Washington won the division. <laughs> yeah, um, probably but, so. Yeah, but, you know, look, everybody, Dak Prescott, you can't not talk about Dallas and talk about Dak. You know, he had that monster contract he signed this past offseason. Um, huge, huge number for Dak. Um, how has he looked coming back from that ankle injury? Are there any concerns early on that, you know, he'll be at 100%, do you think? Uh, at least externally, they're not voicing any concerns. Dak looks great in uh, the OTAs. He looked great in training or in uh, the mini camps that we had. We're looking forward to seeing him, you know, as training camp out in Oxnard, California progresses. He says he's completely healthy. And for, I mean, we have no reason to doubt that. Uh, he's looked great. He had a pretty strict um, recovery regimen here in Dallas. And he was, you know, it's funny. We, we talked about the offensive line with injuries and they were all, uh, rehabbing those injuries in the offseason. Dak worked very closely with the offensive line in the offseason. They all worked together. He was uh, just a, an example of what to do as far as rehab and recovery goes for an injury. And I think he's helped the entire team progress in the offseason. But, you know, we have no reason to, to think that he's not going to be 100%. He says he is. He says he's probably healthier than he was, you know, before the injury. Um, and, and everything that we've seen on tape and in practice – indicates that as well so there's not a lot of worries here but again you got to see it in game time game time situations I think in Dallas we're all going to be holding our collective breaths when Dak gets that first big hit in the first game there in Tampa Bay uh, to see if he pops back up or, or what the result is uh, the Eagles are no strangers to uh, injuries at the quarterback position we saw it for a number right. of years with Carson Wentz who's now gone and uh, you know, Jalen Hurts takes over. Um, while we're there, what, what is your view of the Eagles and this roster in this season coming up? A lot of change. Uh, what's the view down there in uh, Big D? You know, I think all eyes here in Dallas are on uh, Jalen Hurts on the quarterback position. Uh, I was I was pretty big on Carson Wentz coming out. I, I thought he was I thought he was going to be a good quarterback. I know things went south for him very quickly um, there in Philadelphia. He's now with the Colts, and we'll see how his career trajectory takes him there. But I think in Dallas, we're paying attention to the defensive line there in Philly, and then we're paying attention to Jalen Hurts to see, you know, should we be scared of this guy? Should should we be intimidated by him? We all saw what he could do in college at two different high-level schools. And uh, I think it's just going to depend on, you know, again, we talk about the defensive line or the offensive line and the health there. They're going to need to protect him. Uh, I think he's going to have to build some confidence up and uh, to, to play at a high level there in Philly, especially against the teams here in the East. Yeah, and of course he's a Houston kid. I know that's you know yep. several hours from Dallas, but he is from Texas, so I'm I'm sure uh, you know a lot of people know and are familiar with uh, Jalen Hurts and his father, who's a, a head coach in that state. But uh, you're right. I mean, as as any team really goes, I think it centers around the quarterback, and right. you know the Eagles are going to see if Hurts is the guy. But 
Um, we obviously know Dak's the guy in Dallas, but he's got a great receiving core too, right? I mean, that might be one of the top that 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 trio of receivers might be, you know, the best threesome in the NFL, or at least top three, um, if you think about some of the others. But very expensive. Mari Cooper signed the big deal. Michael Gallup, I think this is his last year of his contract. And, you know, C.D. Lamb, what a great pick he was uh, coming 17th overall last year, I think it was. And he'll need a raise at some point. So uh, just that receiver core, I'm sure that's the strength of this team, in your opinion. Um, but can they keep them all together? Yeah, we, we call it an we call it an embarrassment of riches here at the wide receiver <laughs> position in Dallas, yeah. and it certainly yeah. is. I mean, Amari Cooper playing at a high level here. I think he got his head on straight after coming to Dallas from the Raiders. He just wasn't happy there, and there were a lot of question marks around him, especially the Cowboys giving up a first-round draft pick for him. But I, I think he's worked out well. As you mentioned, he got the big contract. Um, Michael Gallup was the number two before C.D. Lamb was drafted. Michael Gallup, as you mentioned, is in a contract year. I don't see him being with the club next year. There's no way they can afford him because he's, for all practical purposes, going to be the wide receiver three uh, for the Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb's taking over that number two spot and uh, entering his second year. And he's just, he was one of the few bright spots on this team last season. And it's, you know, it's funny to, to think that, that Dak and CeeDee Lamb really only played four and a half games together before Dak got hurt. So we're anxious to see what they can do chemistry wise. But I think we're going to look for Michael Gallup, look for him to get traded probably midseason if, if, if he can, if they can get something for him. The, the stories are going around that he's going to be demanding 12 to $15 million a year, and he might get it. He might be a number two wide receiver somewhere, but it's not going to be here, and the Cowboys are not going to pay their third receiver 12 to $15 million a year. So they may be looking to get something rather than just losing him in free agency next offseason for nothing. You know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, didn't quite have the big year that he a lot of expect was expected from him. Didn't have a thousand yards, I don't believe. And I think that was the second time in his career he didn't top a thousand, but the first time he only played uh, 10 games. Right. Um, five years in the league now, he's had over 1,500 touches. Uh, what is your view of him? Do you think he's got a whole lot left, or are we seeing kind of a transition? Maybe Tony Powered might be doing a little bit more in that offense. What, what's your view on that backfield? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, Zeke's future with Dallas and in the NFL is certainly something on the minds of, of Cowboys fans. He didn't just have a bad season. He had he had a terrible season, by far his worst as a pro uh, that wasn't uh, affected by injuries. And, you know, blame it on the, the offensive line if you want. But even on the runs that he had holes, he did not look good trying to get to those holes. He did not look – he had no – really no push. He had no burst. And he just – he looked very disappointing. And he's his biggest critic. He'll be the first one to tell you that. And he knows he had a terrible year. His offseason has been spent working out, trying to improve on that. For all practical purposes, he says he's now in the best shape, not just physically of his life, but but emotionally and mentally. So, you know, I don't know if that means he was going through some issues last year that, that we just don't know about. It's possible. But something was affecting him. And he says, he says he's great. Dak Prescott is on record as saying that he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. As far as his future in Dallas, I think 2021, 2022 probably will be it for him. Uh, they'll probably be looking to draft a, a running back next offseason there in the 2021, 2022 draft. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he needs to have a really good year. He's got a huge cap hit if they just decide to cut him before 2022. So he's got to show something this season. I think he's going to try. Um, but, you know, the running back position that you – can't expect more than five seasons really these days anymore out of somebody. And the fact that he was drafted so high, it just 
put so many expectations on him and it's going to be hard to live up to those. He was great. He was great for a couple of years, but he needs to have another one of those years to, to keep himself uh, here in Dallas and to show some value for the club. Yeah, it's interesting. When you look at teams that win the Super Bowl, they don't typically depend on just one running back. You know, uh, they usually have kind of a committee. And, you know, like you said, Zeke's had a lot of touches. Uh, you know, you just wonder if he can be that. Uh, he, I'm sure he won't be the same as he was his rookie year, but you hope he can kind of regain some of that, uh, you know, juice that he had hitting the hole and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting, you know, looking at the running back position since Tony Pollard came into the league two years ago. Um, yeah. Pollard's rookie year, they split carries and offensive snaps it was 80 percent Zeke 20 percent Pollard last year that went to 70 30 split so this year if we could get a 60 40 split I would be happy with that because Pollard really was a along with CD Lamb was a bright spot last year he had the burst he had the speed he he had the the moves and really he was should have been the number one running back last year with with Zeke's fumbleitis issues and forgetting how to play running back <laughs> but uh <laughs> You know, if, if we can get a 60-40 split with Zeke and Pollard carries this this upcoming season, I would be more than happy with that. And I think that would be a formula for success for this club. Yeah, just getting back to Dak for a second here, because this thought just popped into my head. But the Cowboys let Andy Dalton go, and they didn't really address the backup quarterback spot, um, which is surprising because they saw how things kind of fell off the table when Dak went down last year. They obviously, you know, with the Ben DiNucci's of the world and – you know, Dalton had a few decent games, but uh, is it surprising to you uh, that they didn't draft that backup spot? Um, I mean, here in Philadelphia, the Eagles won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, so it's pretty important here. But, uh, you know, it's just interesting that they didn't do it, given, you know, what happened with Dak last year, and you hope he stays healthy. But 17 right. games now, long haul. Are you surprised they didn't address that a little bit better in the offseason? I really am, um, and we've got three – presumed backup quarterbacks here clearly they're not all going to make the roster we you mentioned Ben DiNucci we've got Cooper Rush back here after a short little stint in uh, New York with the Jets he came back to Dallas in free agency but Garrett Gilbert really is your assumed number two here he had the one start against the Steelers that at the time we thought that they were undefeated we thought the Steelers were a really really good team and the Cowboys were real close to beating him and Gilbert played really well uh, in that game <clears throat> excuse me but you know Gilbert's got to be your assumed number two uh, and I don't even know if they'll carry, you know, three quarterbacks, Danucci and Rush may be out. But I kind of am surprised they didn't go with, with the veteran presence. There's now rumors I'm hearing uh, around the grapevine here that are linking Nick Foles here to Dallas as a potential veteran backup. So, of course, they've got uh, too many quarterbacks in Chicago, too. Yeah. So, you know, time will tell what happens there. Yeah. Boy, that'd be something if Nick Foles uh, came on yeah. board. Uh, I mean, the guy's a legend in Philadelphia. They have a statue to him out front of Lincoln Financial Field. You know, no wonder Carson Wentz had so many issues in Philadelphia. <laughs> You're not kidding, man. You are not kidding. To have, you know, to get injured uh, his second year and he was on that MVP trajectory and Foles comes in and wins a Super Bowl and then they draft Hurts. I mean, you know, he just was never able to get comfortable. Um, to be honest, I think he'll be just fine in Indianapolis. Um, you know, I think he's got that talent and he's with Frank Reich, but um, we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, Tim Ham, last question here for you. Hard knocks. The Cowboys are going to be on hard knocks. That's pretty cool, man. Are you are you going to be? Uh, it's going to probably keep you a little bit more busy, I guess. Uh, keeping oh, yeah. up with hard knocks, but uh, pretty exciting, I think. And it, and it'll help the brand. You know, not that Dallas needs any help with their brand, but I mean, just kind of elevates it even more being on that show. Well, Jerry Jones is the ultimate marketer of himself and his club, 
and uh, and the NFL, really, for that matter. There, and, yeah. you know, here in Dallas, I think opinions kind of split. Well, you know, got a second-year head coach here, and he didn't even really have a first year. There was no training camp or practice because of the pandemic. So he's really – McCarthy's entering his first season with the training camp. Is it going to be a distraction? And then there's the other half of us here in Dallas that are like, man, I can't wait to watch it because you know it's going to be drama. It's going to be good TV. It's the Cowboys' third time on Hard Knocks. They were on it in 02 and 08. So uh, it's not really new for the for the organization to adapt to this. But I think overall it's going to be good exposure for the club. The only thing that's a little worrisome is there's a lot of young players here, and you just don't want it to be a distraction for those young players uh, worrying about the TV show instead of what they should be learning there in training camp. But I think overall it's going to be a lot of fun. Do you know how they did in those seasons when they were on Hard Knocks off the top no, of your I'm, head? No, I meant to look at that because I'm writing a piece yeah. about that for over at CowboysSI.com for next week, but I yeah. haven't had a chance to look yet. I mean, I know in 02, um, that was uh, – let's see, Romo had just come in. He was the third string, and we had uh, Bill Parcells as the coach. 08, I believe, was Wade Phillips here. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say they did pretty well, at least there in that 08 season, but I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, interesting. I just was yeah. curious, that, you know, because I know sometimes you're like you said, it can be a distraction. And I'm yeah. I'm not sure there was ever a team that was on hard knocks that won the Super Bowl. I might be wrong about that, but yeah, um, I'd have that's to interesting. look back. But um, yeah. Uh, all right. So listen, that's that's great, Tim. Listen, I really appreciate everything. Where can uh, people find the, uh, the great work that you do? Uh, CowboysSI.com. You can find us over there. We all the Cowboys news with ear to the ground over at the star there in Frisco and just all the Cowboys information. If there's any Cowboys fans in Philly, <laughs> that's where you need to be looking. Come find my work and many, many others over there um, to help out people with uh, looking for Cowboys information. And what's your Twitter handle in case people want to give you a follow? I am at IndyCar Tim with one M on Twitter. Come find me and uh, let's talk. All right, man. Appreciate it. Listen, I hope to talk to you again as this season gets rolling. Good luck with training camp. Thanks, Ed. Have a good one. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Tim. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.